This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Lizard Wellbeing Show, the podcast that brings you your weekly dose of wellness wisdom that you can trust. And thank you as ever for all your feedback about the podcast, but also thank you for letting us know how positive you feel about being part of the Lizard Wellbeing community. We've had some really lovely comments recently, actually on Instagram, especially including this one who says, um, I love that I learned so much from Liz and guests, the brilliant well-being magazines, stories and podcasts. There's always so much input and sharing ideas from the community. It's a two-way flow and I love it. Well, thank you very much. And talking about sharing ideas, that's exactly what we're going to be doing today. So stay tuned for my guest today who has lots to share. Another has written in to say, I used to love watching your program filmed at your house many years ago. You used to have guests on talking about all things health and beauty. I used to watch it on an afternoon as I was on maternity leave. My daughter is now 31 years old. You are still inspirational. Thank you very much for that. Yes, my goodness. So I did have a TV show that was filmed at my house in Putney and that was about gosh, 26, 27 years ago. And like you, my daughter is also 31. So thank you for staying with me all these years. Another comment here, it always looks so beautiful. If I didn't have my own commitments, I'd love to join the team and work for Lizelle Inc. Is that incorporated? I would love it. Well, you'd be very welcome. So thank you for that. We would love to have you too, but it's great to have you all here. Thank you so much for that wonderful feedback. It really genuinely means a lot to both my team and to me to know that we're not just talking into thin air, but there is some feedback as well. 
Well, on to today's episode, and I think we're all aware by now of the environmental benefits of recycling and of sending as little as possible to landfill. But did you know that some psychologists argue that buying secondhand or upcycling instead of throwing something away is also good for our mental health and well-being? The idea is that recycling can give us a sense of purpose. It can help to boost mindfulness. It helps us to embrace minimalism and helps to create a positive environment for ourselves, among so many other benefits. Well, someone who has immersed herself completely into the world of pre-loved goods is Jo Spolton, a friend of mine who's actually created a new website and accompanying app. It's called Rummage, and it aims to help us find those second-hand goods and goodies so much more easily. Welcome, Jo, to my podcast. Thank you very much. Do you know, I am so excited to talk about this because I do love a good charity shop and a good rummage. I think your name is inspired. And I was kind of an early adopter on eBay and I like upcycling and my daughters are absolute fiends when it comes to gleaning things from charity shops and vintage, of course, as it's now called much more fashionably. So let's go through things in a bit more detail in a moment. But what's the general idea behind rummage? Well, rummage is a pretty simple idea, really. It came about because I'm a firm believer in the ability to save money and the planet. And I think nowadays it's a very important thing for lots of the younger generation to do. They take great pride in finding things to upcycle and finding a bargain. But the issue we've got really is that there are so many places to go and to look. The cool jumper, the on-trend jeans or trousers or the chest of drawers that you want to upcycle that people often don't find what they want because there's just too much choice oddly out there. And it takes too long to go and search all the sites. So we put all the sites into one place. That is just so genius. It's such a brilliant idea. And I know exactly that thing. If you are looking for something, do you think, well, am I going to hit eBay? Am I going to look at my local search engines? I know my kids use something called Depop, I think. I mean, there are just <laughs> yeah. so, is, is that right? Is that the right word? I'm yeah. not sure. Yes, yes. Uh, no, Depop's very trendy. <laughs> is it? Okay. Well, they're obviously up with the cool kids and I'm not at all. But you're absolutely right. Having something. So are you, do they call it an aggregator where you, you get all this information from different sites and funnel it through one channel? Yes, that is the correct terminology. If you want to think about rummage in terms of common equivalents, you would say that we were the right move of the secondhand industry or the sky scanner of the recycled reuse industry. Interesting. Absolutely brilliant. And how did you get into this? I mean, I know you as a school mum, so we've connected our boys are friendly at school and you are an ex-professional sailor. So when you first told me, I think it was several years ago, actually, that you had this idea for an app and you were going to do this, you know, I was quite surprised by it, actually. What's your background? What led you to be doing this in, in what is you know, if you don't mind me saying so, a second half of life, which we're all in favour of here, obviously, there's that well-being. <laughs> yeah, no, I've had several lives actually prior to this one. So I am an artist by trade. I like creating things from nothing. I was a sailor for about 10 years professionally racing around the world. I became a parent. 
And when I was first a parent, it became really obvious that children are expensive and it's actually almost a rite of passage for many people. But in order to try and ease the costs of having and enjoying children, which we should all be able to do, I created in my downtime between boiling the kettle and looking after the kids, my first website, which was all around children's secondhand items. And it was there to encourage people to share and connect with people you wouldn't necessarily meet on a social basis to continue the sort of circularization of items that get outgrown really quickly. You don't need them for very long. On the back of that, we thought, oh, we'll, we'll set up an alert. And then we thought, well, it would be a great idea if you could have an alert set up for all the places that you could find anything that was pre-loved. So we abandoned the first idea, pivoted, and then have been working on what is now Rummage for a few years now. Uh, and it's evolved into the platform that it is today. Absolutely brilliant. And like you, I think I probably first became a user of eBay through my children and having all these beautiful children's clothes that were barely worn and then outgrown. And I used to have favourite sort of designer brands, really expensive French brands that I would covet for my children and couldn't bring myself to go and buy it new in the shops for reasons of price and also just knowing that it would never get more than, you know, a few wearings. And it's amazing actually what you can find, the bargains. And I love it not only for the cost saving idea, but for the fact that you are having something that is otherwise perhaps going to be discarded or not loved again. And then I would then sell those things on again. So these things probably, because they are good quality and well-made in the first place, are just going on and on and on, which is very satisfying, isn't it? It's a very satisfying way of shopping. Yeah, I think a lot of people now have got used to the idea that something secondhand actually could be and should be a badge of honour to wear. I think um, the stigma of secondhand being old and tired and not considered fit for public use is disappearing, which is brilliant. And to be honest, I think the younger generations now are carrying this forward as a way of life. And I think that it's a change that we should all try and make and embrace because, you know, the planet has an awful lot of pressures on it as we're all acutely aware now and resources are scarce. And we're, uh, as human beings, we're incredibly good at inventing things and creating things. And we've become too good at making things that last. And actually, instead of buying new all the time, we should really, you know, brands and users alike should take huge pride in the fact that some things have gone on and served many families and given joy to lots of people. I think it's brilliant. Well, I think you're absolutely spot on. And, you know, I'm old enough to remember going to things like jumble sales and, you know, weeding my way through various piles of old things on trestle tables in drafty church halls and, you know, just getting so thrilled when you found something that you could come home and wash and, and love again. But I would never have shared that, you know, with my friends if they'd said, oh, you know, I like your skirt or your shirt. You just sort of, you know, smile and say thank you. Whereas I know my girls in particular and my son, actually, Kit, he's a fantastic one for buying secondhand. They will be so proud if you say, wow, you know, I love that. That looks great on you. And they'll say, yeah, you know, it was, you know, £1.50 from this bargain website or and it's, you know, been used at least three times by three other people. And so there is a complete shift, isn't there? A complete mind shift. 
But of course, finding that stuff in the beginning is where I think rummage is going to be so helpful. But going back to the beginning, I'm very interested that you were a sailor and professional sailor going around the world. So presumably you saw an impact and having seen the ocean not only at its best, but presumably at its worst as well with drifts of tidal junk. I mean, was was that something that you have as a memory of, of seeing all this detritus just floating around the, the world? <laughs> Yeah, sad to say, I think um, it is. And at the time when I was racing, you know, I had the luxury and the pleasure of being um, racing in some very glamorous places from the European ports all the way across to Singapore and South America, South Africa, and in lots of places, lots of beaches, lots of harbours, and really sadly, actually in the ocean, when you are racing in the middle of the sea, one thing you really don't expect to spot is a huge drift of plastic and they occur due to the difference in tidal currents and when you get two currents coinciding but running in different directions it creates a meeting point and it's essentially just a frictional point in this in the sea and it's where everything that gets dumped in the sea eventually ends up driven by waves and currents and you end up with little islands of junk literally in the ocean and at the time, I found it disturbing, but you, you know, in the middle of a 4,000 mile stretch of the sea, you can forget it quite quickly. But when you come back ashore and you find in some countries, huge amounts of industry where people are really cleverly reusing things that other people have thrown away and making them go further. When I returned home, you know, and sort of forgot about the ocean for a while and was in busy with the children, it it makes you realise, actually, it's all still there. It's all still floating around the world. And every time you buy something new, is there an option? Can you buy it? You know, something that's already had a bit of a history and some love elsewhere. It it is possible. And I think it's... um, it was really apparent. I know the oceans are being cleaned up, but we have an awful long way to go. Mm. In terms of rummage, what are the big statistics that lie at the heart of what you stand for? I mean, I've read in the UK, for example, something like 22 million items of furniture end up in landfill every year. I mean, I'll just say that again, 22 million items of furniture in landfill in the UK every year. That is just extraordinary. Yeah, it's actually, it's really terrifying. That's one statistic that is UK based. There are one and a half billion phones made every year. Billion? Brand new iPhone. Billion, yeah. B with a B. B with a B for nine um, zeros, my yeah, goodness. Yeah, 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 every year. And, you know, we don't all need a new phone every year you could upgrade much less frequently for example and the resources that are needed to create these new items that we simply demand because they've got better cameras they've got bigger memories it's the latest color etc etc you know you have to think quite hard do you really need it and uh, i think the other one relative to clothing talking about clothes earlier is that 10 percent of all of the um, carbon emissions is driven from fashion 10% from fashion. 
I'm amazed by that. I would have thought it was very different industries, actually, and, you know, energy suppliers and creators and cars and all of those sorts of things. Take, yeah, take it as the whole consumer chain from um, inception all the way through to the end. And there's a sea, the Ararat Sea, one of the world's largest lakes has dried up due to the growing of cotton and the demand of cotton. Of course, because it's not just waste, is it, and landfill, but it is actually using the resources. And as you say, cotton is such an intensive crop and its demand for water is extraordinary, more actually than food and, and crop growing generally for eating. And of course, you know, I think so many of us have bulging wardrobes and fast fashion, the effect of fast fashion on everything is really hard to ignore. And I think, you know, certainly climate change activists and people talking about that should be putting that perhaps at the forefront of the things that they're focusing on and boycotting some of the fast fashion stores. I don't know whether that happens, does it? I mean, you're much more at the cutting edge of that. You're going to be aware of these things more than more than. Yeah, me. no, there are a lot of fashion brands now are focusing on the ability to retain circularity in their products. And there's some now that are really taking a pride in the fact that they are able to be handed on. Some children's clothing brands now have labels inside a name label, which has got user one, two, three, four and five with the oh, assumption I love that, that they would... Yeah, it's brilliant with the assumption it's going to go on, which is the first brilliant step towards making something for longevity. I think it's genius, actually. Yes. Oh, my goodness. And in fact, now when I get school uniform, particularly, I make a point of sewing in a name label, although it's really tedious, rather than just writing with a marker pen on the collar, which is, you know, what I was used to do. Because I think actually my son's only going to wear this for a short period of time and then I will give it to the school shop or the charity shop or whatever. And somebody else, they're not going to want to have to, you know, scribble out somebody else's name where you can snip out a name tape, perhaps. Isn't that great that they're kind of hardwiring into the fact that this needs to be a norm? that things are reused and and repurposed and, of course, upcycled. Yes, I was just about to say, I think that there's another side to this sort of circular economy that's um, really coming to the fore now, which is where, you know, cottage industry people would be able to collect and then upcycle, especially for furniture, and then there's some incredibly inventive clothing genius designers out there, but mostly at the moment for furniture, and they can have an awful lot of fun. And there's such room for creativity in collecting something for next to nothing from one of the sites or a free cycle site that someone is just literally going to tip out and end up in landfill, like you say, one of the 22 million items. And they can give it a whole new lease of life. Um, there are some really brilliant people out there keeping things out of the ground and making them really unique. You can have a very unique style if you're inventive. I love that. I love that expression, keeping things out of the ground. I think we need to really bear that in mind when we're throwing things away. I just did something in food because obviously I, I work a lot with food and well-being and we're always buying a lot of ingredients. And one of the things that we talk about a lot are berries and how brilliantly good for you. 
berries are, particularly things like blueberries, you know, true superfoods. But I've yet to find fresh ones that don't come in those single use plastic containers. And I, I just can't bring myself to buy them anymore because my, you know, my kids will scoff them in a heartbeat. And then you're left with two bits of plastic shell, which I know are going to be in the ground for, you know, maybe a thousand years, I don't know, or burnt into toxic plastic or join that ever drifting pile in the ocean. So now I've actually found online freeze dried wild blueberries, which are not only cheaper, but they come in a paper bag resealable paper bag and I'm not chucking out bits of plastic and I'm saving money so actually I'm thrilled it's a win-win and something like trying to source something that didn't have a single-use plastic container actually I ended up finding something that was better and cheaper. Wow that's fantastic if only more people would embrace that technology we'd be on a real winner then. (laughs) Well I think people like you are making us think about it and you know, I, I think Rummage, for you, I'm interested also in your entrepreneurial journey. Was that a real light bulb moment? Did you think, I'm going to create something here that is fulfilling a need for me? I know that's how many entrepreneurs come about brand founding. They think, you know, I've spotted a, a need that I need to fulfill for myself. And therefore, if I need it, presumably, there are going to be lots of other like-minding people needing it as well. Yes, it did start out from a personal viewpoint, but also from the personal viewpoint initially of wanting to wanting to help people make it easier, oil the wheels, because it's a problem I know lots of people anecdotally we discovered have shared. But as we as we went into COVID and that beastly lockdown, the environmental impact of human activity became really apparent to so many. And it became really clear then just how much our activity as humans and our drive for persistent consumption of items was affecting the planet. And I think then it really became very much a zeitgeist moment for me to really focus and make this business work. Because the flip side of Rummage being successful is that everyone saves some money, everyone stops purchasing new things but that doesn't mean we have to stop the economy from turning the economic wheels are reforming around a new way of life so the reduction in purchasing new does not mean a reduction in income or gdpr for various companies and countries it just means that we need to be a bit smarter about how we do things and we need to reinvent business models and ways of living and ways of consuming. You can still go and change your wardrobe, upgrade a bedroom for a kid, you know, find some sports equipment if they're trying out something new for the first time this summer. You don't need to spend a lot of money, but you can do an awful lot of good if you can find it locally. Brilliant. Well, we're going to take a quick pause here for an ad break. And when we come back, we'll talk about how buying secondhand can be good for your own feeling of well-being and some practical advice on where to shop for what. So don't go away. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. 
And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast Fat Mascara here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beige Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosa 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldajanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off. Well, welcome back. And we're having such an interesting conversation about repurposing and upcycling. And I'm interested before we move on to the sort of the specifics of, of how to do it, how it works, you know, the kind of the bargains that can be out there. Did having your children, I know your children are similar ages to mine, did that make a difference to your way of looking at the world, your kind of world view through all of this? Because I think any entrepreneur listening has family choices to make and is often driven by their own personal circumstances to what fires their passion. Yes, I think having children really did change the lens through which I was looking at life and what I wanted to do with my life in my third existence, as it were. And <laughs> and I think the children nowadays are brought up with much more awareness than we were around general global events and news and what's happening on the planet because they have an awful lot more access to media than we did. And I think they're all very much on board with the greener way of life, very much on board with the need to reinvent how certain aspects of our human activities operate. And I just wanted to make sure that the kids, children were, one, aware of how easy it is to do the right thing but also I want them to be aware of how impactful one person's actions can be. I think it's a misconception that people say it's too hard. I'm not going to make any difference. There's just me, me with one shopping bag, one shopping cart on a website. What difference is one new jumper going to make? Actually, quite a lot, because if we all stopped, then the business models would have to change. They would be forced to change. And they are changing because people are making different choices. And I, I really believe that everyone has the ability to do this together. And it is literally every everything you do, every single moment that you decide to push by on whichever platform you're on does have an impact. And I think our kids are increasingly aware of that. And they're going to live a much longer life than we are probably. And I'd quite like them to enjoy the world as it is now without any deterioration. So, you know, my purpose has actually been increased by looking at the world through their lens. 
I love the word purpose. And often when I talk to entrepreneurs and brand founders, the most successful are the ones who are driven by a strong sense of purpose, because that is what carries you through. A, it's probably what's instigated the brilliant idea in the first place, but also it is that passion and purpose that that carries you through the difficult, challenging times. And talking of which, I simply wouldn't know how to begin even putting together quite a simple operation, but your Rummage website actually sounds like it's been a very complex process, pulling together all these different connections and and links. How did you go about physically kind of making it work? Did you have to learn coding? Did you have to get permission from all these other websites to link to them and include them in your platform? (laughs) That's a really good question. I am not technical at all. When I was much younger, I detested computer when I was at school. It wasn't my natural forte. I was lucky enough to be so driven that I went and kept asking and asking and asking and joining forums and webinars where to go. And I found a fantastic technical co-founder who has joined us on the journey to date, Stephen. And he originally built CodeRoute himself, the aggregation tool that sits behind the simplicity of what Rummage is, drawing all these websites together, giving you one list of results to choose from. The best ideas are often the simplest and they are most definitely often the most complicated. We have got a team of developers now and we do have partnerships with the companies that we work with and it's very much a symbiotic relationship. They're fighting for new customers in what's now an incredibly busy space. There are new recycled, reuse, swapping, hiring, repurposing websites popping up monthly because everyone recognises that it is a good thing to do. And there is a huge amount of blue sea in here in which everyone can occupy their own patch. So they're all fighting for the same clients, essentially. So any visibility we can give new brands is great. Any visibility to lost customers, we can give big established brands, is also great. And we don't have the ability for users to post items on our site. We literally only search. So we're not in direct competition. We're just helping. We just want to oil the wheels and make sure everyone finds what they want really quickly. Honestly, it's so inspiring, Joe. And I'm sure everybody listening to this is thinking, oh my goodness, I really fancy buying a whatever. I'm going to go and have a look and try Rummage. Do we just go to a website? Is there an app? How do we access your platform? You just go to Rummage, Rummage with one M, rummage.com. And then you're in and you just type in the search bar what you're looking for. And then we deliver you a set of results. It's as easy as that. And that's it. So that you don't sign up. There's that there's no fees or anything like that. You are simply being yeah, the, the yeah. secondhand tool version of Google or whatever, for example. Yes, absolutely. You can sign up and register. And if you register, then you're able to set up alerts so we can put you at the front of the queue if there's something that you don't find straight away and you want to be notified when it's posted anywhere. Something that's hot shot. So, you know, last year would have been paddling pools or garden Jenga or something when we were all in lockdown with the kids and it was hot. They were really hard to find. So you would have set up an alert with us for that. And then we just ping you when one pops up in your area. So you need to sign up for things like that. But if you just want to go and have a look, it's free. So you can use it for free. Brilliant. And I'm intrigued to know, what is the Beagle button? 
Ah, the Beagle Button. That's a fantastic company that we are just starting to work with. So some things you cannot buy secondhand. You wouldn't really generally buy a secondhand toothbrush, for example. No, maybe not. Um, so <laughs> as much as it would be great. Um, so we're partnering with them going forwards and they are a plug-in that works in the background and they monitor what you're looking for. So if you're looking for toothbrushes, and they have something that's a lot more ethical and environmentally friendly, for example, a wooden toothbrush, they would then pop that up onto your screen to say, this is a better option for you to purchase for the planet. How genius. So you could be searching for something normal, in inverted commas, that you're buying new, say, from the ubiquitous Amazon or whatever. And this will actually say, oh, actually, we can nudge you over here. Here's an eco, green, more sustainable, more planet friendly alternative, which you might like to get instead. Yeah, absolutely. So between, yeah, between the pair of us, we, um, we cover all ground. So the things that you just do have to buy new, they are a good source of finding much better things, things much better for the planet. Which is wonderful because that in turn is then rewarding the often smaller brand founders who are trying to do the right thing and trying to be better and smarter, but who may not have access to the same level of marketing or exposure, particularly in terms of search engine optimization and all of that, that the big guys have on the regular platforms. So you're giving the smaller brands a voice as well. Absolutely. It's very similar to our ability to serve small entrepreneurs, the opportunity to have their small enterprise up in the results lists alongside the big guys like eBay and Gumtree and things, because we can connect to anyone. So we're building a new plugin shortly that will enable us to connect really swiftly if you have built your shop, your website on any of the major brand website platforms and it will enable us to connect and then serve your results to all of your local users that you couldn't get to. Because often, if you're not a small entrepreneur, you don't have any marketing budget. It's often just done on Facebook marketing groups or word of mouth. So we're hoping a bit like the Beagle button to help the brand new entrants at the bottom of the tree to gain some visibility and enable everyone to be better. Sounds like you're going to have a, a global takeover. You know, I love that, that you're, you're this really forward thinking pioneer. I, I use the word global there. Are you just confined to the UK at the moment? Yes, currently we are just in the UK. We're just iterating on the product now, but we are planning on reaching out abroad because it's a, it's a new space. There really isn't that many companies doing this anywhere in the world yet. Mm. And what are the most popular items that people are coming to you looking for? What's top of your search engine list at the moment? <laughs> We've had a large rush on garden gnomes. Don't ask me why. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, I think oh, it's another okay. humorous anticipation of staying at home this summer if the flights will go, <sighs> all go a bit kooky They're probably again. all making TikTok videos or something, aren't they? That's why it's probably all the young people hoovering them up as a sense of ironic content. Absolutely. But um, <laughs> we have a lot of, being a bit more serious, we do have, um, we have an awful lot of people looking for furniture. We've been quite keen doing some promotions for furniture poverty because there's a lot of that going on at the moment. And, you know, we do find items for free. So we're trying to promote that capability. You can find stuff on. We're connected to two sites that give things away for nothing. So, you know, things like that. So there's a lot of furniture because upcycling is a big thing these days for people at home. 
And then often, um, so trending items, we saw Ugg boots. They did a huge TikTok trend a couple of months ago where you bought a pair of Ugg boots and then attached them with scissors and chopped the top off. And we had an awful lot of Ugg boot searches going on, which I didn't really understand. I thought if you had Ugg boots, you kept them. But no, apparently you have to cut them up. <laughs> oh, so you can turn them into like, is it they're called slides? So yes. they're like op- open-toed slippers. Yeah, I think um, so. I've never even thought about doing that. But yeah, that's a genius idea. And you wouldn't necessarily take a pair of scissors to a brand new pair of expensive Ugg boots, would you? But you might do it to a pair that have been a bit ravaged and a bit tatty around the edges. Brilliant. Oh, my goodness. I mean, there's opening up a whole new range of, of possibilities here. And... I talked in my introduction actually about the alleged mental health benefits also of buying secondhand and recycling and getting creative. It sounds like there's a lot of creative juices that can be flowing here. But also, I guess there is that feel good factor, isn't there, that you've got a bargain, you've taken something, you've kept it out of the ground, as we said earlier. Yeah, I think that badge of honour is how we sort of we phrase it amongst ourselves at Rummage and we we look upon it. You know, it's something that we're very proud of doing. And I think saving, um, getting a bargain is something that everyone is tuned into. It's the the getting the bargain and saving some money is prime time for people at the moment with the rising cost of living, which is only going to get worse and harder for people. But I think after the environmental awareness that COVID delivered to us all on a plate, I think the knowledge now that you are reducing landfill, that message is coming loud and clear from many different areas now and lots of different companies. And it's in the news quite frequently. So I think that that I'm hoping that will take over and become something to be give you a sense of um, not just pride, but purpose, you know, you can actually do something positive with how you shop and what you do with your money. I think it's exciting, actually. I think the younger generations are really embracing this as a way of living. And I'm really excited to see how the next five, 10 years goes forward from their point of view. I think that's absolutely right. And I think to get rid of any stigma, particularly attached to buying secondhand, particularly in areas where there is extreme poverty and to be able to make it the fashionable smart choice because it's sustainable, it's environmentally wise, you're doing the right thing and also getting the benefits for your own well-being. I think, you know, that's a win for everybody, isn't it? Except the fast fashion retailers, perhaps. Yeah. Um, Things like the fact that Love Island now is now dressed from seconds from eBay this this year, yeah, they've really? changed their they've changed their clothing sponsor. And they're not wearing an awful on... lot though, Joe, are they? It must be said. <laughs> I, no, I did watch it because a, a, a friend of mine's daughter is in it and uh, I'm looking at it thinking, oh my goodness, is, is that is that an outfit or is that dental floss? I'm not really sure. <laughs> they definitely will be cutting up their bikinis, I should think, to make them even smaller. <laughs> but very good that they are doing that and you've got a major TV show like that that is embracing the fact that everything is being reused and repurposed. Yeah, I think it's role modelling from the top down and I think it's the ability to make it look cool, make it look trendy and the fact that it highlights the ability to be an individual. There are lots of um, lots of people who would benefit from less pressure to go and have 
to buy what's in the shops now, if it's actually considered okay and quite cool to choose your clothes from a much wider choice, but a different set of styles rather than have the pressure to go and purchase new off the rail and then ultimately look like everyone else. I think that's quite empowering once you've um, established that. And I think there is a sense of individuality. You can see that coming through all forms of fashion and culture that we don't want to look like identikit models. I remember talking about fashion. I was actually talking to Livia Firth, who's a real eco-warrior campaigner against fast fashion. She has this thing called 30 wares, where you know everything needs to have at least 30 wares to have its place in your wardrobe. And I guess maybe this turns it slightly on its head because you can say, well, actually, I'm only going to maybe have five wares, but then I'm going to pass it on. So somebody else, but at least it's well enough made that it would withstand 30 wears, 30 washes, you know, plus, you know, then then and more. But one of my favourite designers in Kenya, where I spend quite a bit of time, as you know, is in Kenya, they have this thing called Matumba, which is a huge secondhand clothing market outdoors because the climate means that everything can be spread on the ground outdoors on big sheets. And it's where a lot of the Western charity shops or donations, when we throw out clothes or give them to charity, things that don't make it into the actual high street charity shops get put into huge containers and shipped across the ocean and then sold at auction. And the Matumba sellers will buy very often a huge packet of clothes that's user unseen. They'll, they, they simply know that it's a whole load of denim or jeans or whatever. And they'll pay so much money for this huge bag of stuff. And then they'll get it and they'll set it out on their stall and they'll resell it. And what a, a lot of the young groovy designers in Nairobi are doing is they're going and they're buying things from Matumba. And they're patching them with brightly coloured fabrics or scraps of silk or saris or whatever. And they're customising things like jackets and jeans and all sorts of things, you know, hemming the edge of a top with some brightly coloured silk that's been repurposed from an old scarf that was thrown away. And these things are extraordinary. They are so beautiful and they are like kind of living works of art, if you like. And they're creating income for, for these kids. And you're getting something that is essentially a piece of designer clothing repurposed and upcycled. And I bought a few of these things in the past and I can't tell you the number of people who stop me and say, oh my goodness, where did you get that jacket? It's amazing. It's, you know, which designer outlet did you get it from? And I say, well, actually it came from, you know, basically just a bit of upcycling and somebody's creativity. Yeah. And it would be lovely to encourage a bit more of that. I think that's a fantastic initiative. And I wish that that happened. It didn't have to go halfway around the world in order for it to happen. Sure, to come you back know? again. <laughs> would be, would be yeah. great if we could keep it in our own country, you know. I think that sort of creativity is so inspiring. I think that's so exciting and it is definitely to be encouraged. And to give them a voice and a platform to show their brilliant imaginations and inventive designs, I think would be very key to try and return the favour, actually, and increase the amount that they're able to turn around. I think it's really exciting. They need to come home. <laughs> they do. Well, yes, exactly. I'm sure some of the things that I've bought over there, you know, started off here originally and are being returned. In terms of furniture and homeware, I know that you are have an incredibly talented artistic background. I personally love the idea of repurposing a piece of furniture, 
you know, painting it, aging it, distressing it, doing a bit of decoupage or whatever. I just wouldn't know where to start. What are the kind of easy things that we could start with if you're listening to this thinking, that sounds great, but how on earth, what do I do if I buy a piece of old furniture? What are the things that I could do that would transform it? Well, there are some really easy things that you can do if you have a little bit of elbow grease and a little bit of time. First thing is to just sand off any varnish. So if you've got an old piece of furniture that's brown, often it's just layers of years worth of varnish and grime. If you can sand it off and clean it up, that's a really simple thing to do and isn't technical at all. Then you're free to paint it and a lick of paint is a really easy way to coordinate it and just change change the feeling of it completely. If you were to do sort of uh, furniture, you can restyle it in terms of giving it a more modern feel if you want by changing handles. So handle shopping is actually quite big business I've since discovered. There are huge collections. People just collect handles and then sell them on again because they're a little bit like um, a necklace. When you're getting dressed up, you can dress a shirt up or down with a piece of jewellery. It's the same thing for a piece of furniture. If you change the handles, you can completely change the tone of how it sits in which sort of type of room. So there there's some really easy ones. And you just have to unscrew those and then screw on the new one. <laughs> You're absolutely right. And handles, I have to say, buying handles new is an expensive business. I've just done some for a cabinet myself for my new house. And I was absolutely shocked. I was looking at the price thinking, no, no, I'm, I don't want the cabinet. It's just the handles. And it was, you know, it was still a significant <laughs> sum. So yeah, being able to buy recycled handles as well would be genius. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's some really lovely ideas where you can mix and match so you can do odd pairs of handles. You know how some people like to be a bit different and wear odd socks, you know, of a colour theme and different stripes. So you could buy different brass handles or different styled wooden ones. Or there's an awful lot of the sort of cut glass lookalike handles out there now and you can get them in different colours. So you can change them up and mix them around a bit and it just makes it slightly quirky, gives it a good feel. And kids love that sort of thing because it's very individual. You can say, you know, no, your socks are in the diamond drawer or your T-shirts are in the elephant drawer, you know, and it's just a way of organising and they remember these things. It creates a bit of a fun in their lives too. Yeah. I remember actually when my children were, were small going to button shops and buying individual buttons or, you know, sometimes buttons, they were antique or old buttons. There was an amazing shop in Marylebone in London called The Button Queen. I don't know if it still exists. And they would have amazing designer buttons, often a lot of vintage buttons. And that would completely transform, um, you know, really simple little hand-knitted cardigan. Or even if you bought a really simple high street jacket and put some Diamante buttons on it, for example, you would immediately end up with sort of some designer Versace style lookalike for really not very much money. And I imagine that there's a whole trade going on in secondhand and vintage buttons as well in a similar way that you would have for handles on furniture. Yes, buttons and braids. Braids are another one if you're thinking about clothing and haberdashery. So different trims that come off of cushions. So you'll find there are, there's a, a huge trade in uh, buying old cushions and old curtains where they had or old bits of furniture, where they had lots of sort of detailed, really quite lovely in isolation, but maybe not all together in a 70s um, wingback chair where you can remove the braid and the trim. And then if you repurpose it, you can put it on the bottom of jeans, 
or around different or in stripes on different cushions. So you turn it from a trim to something that actually is geometric and has texture. So you can completely transform a cushion if you wanted to renovate a room, a cushion cover by stitching on buttons and braids in different patterns, mix up the colors and different angles and you can create something that's actually really different and very unique and quite exciting just by thinking slightly out of the box. So, you know, things don't have to go back in the same format that you originally thought they were designed for. You can use them in different ways. It's quite fun. Love it. You've obviously got such a great artistic flair and background, and it's brilliant that you can bring that in, you know, right up to date with modern tech and make that available to so many people. If you wanted our listeners to take one thing away from our conversation today, what would that be? Oh, um, what would that be? I would say take joy in doing the right thing. Think before you buy. There are some really nice ways to make fun out of what we already have on this planet. Well, you I have to say, you've inspired me to go and have a real rummage in your rummage website <laughs> and see what I can find, <laughs> what bargains can be had and what could be upcycled and shared. I wish you huge success with it. I think you're extremely clever and forward thinking. And just to confirm, rummage is spelt R-U-M-A-G-E, rummage.com. Are you also on all the social media platforms? We are. You can find us under the hashtag Go Rummage on all of the standard social media platforms. Brilliant. Um, and we'd love to see you there. Be great. Fantastic. Come and join the Rummage gang. <laughs> I'm going to definitely come and have a rummage. Thank you, Joe Spolton. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. And huge good luck to Joe and everybody at Rummage. Are you inspired? I am for sure. Well, thank you very much for listening today. As always, of course, you'll find more information with links to Rummage if you would like to go there over on lizellwellbeing.com. And there you can sign up for the free weekly newsletter. It's always filled with plenty of tips for recycling, upcycling, living well, lots of wellness wisdom that you can trust and of course don't forget you get more advice and research and articles and recipes and a whole lot more in our bi-monthly magazine Lizelle Wellbeing which is not available in any store it's only on subscription with free UK P and P we do actually post it around the globe you just have to pay a little bit extra for the postage to your country of choice well if you'd like to get in touch you will find me on social media I am at Lizelle Me or the team who are at Lizelle Wellbeing. Until the next time we chat, go well, go rummage. Bye-bye. The Lizelle Wellbeing Show is presented by me, Lizelle, and is a Fresh Air production, with thanks to my producers, Ellie Smith, Chesie Bent, and Sarah Moore. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com 
for terms. Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beja Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O- L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldajanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Una Chaplin and I'm the host of a new podcast called Hollywood Exiles. It tells the story of how my grandfather, Charlie Chaplin, and many others were caught up in a campaign to root out communism in Hollywood. It's a story of glamour and scandal and political intrigue and a battle for the soul of a nation. Hollywood Exiles from CBC Podcasts and the BBC World Service. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.